Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mott. Welcome in to another edition of College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott. Uh, we have a, a, another um, update of the NCAA tournament on top for you tonight. Excited to get into some of these games and what happened and, and where we are and, and where everybody is. So let me bring in uh, and both hosts tonight, Chris Petroselli. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm good. Great. And then Brian Lee is also with us, the head coach of the Rice Owls. Brian Lee is with us. Brian, how are you? Good, Matt. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Chris, give, yeah. a, give the listeners an update of what we're doing tonight. Oh, my God. First of all, well, well, well. One eighth, <laughs> one eighth of the Sweet 16 is on the podcast. How about that? Now, Matt, how I know this that? is how you do it. That's two out of 16. So you divide the 16 by two <laughs> divide and, and get one eighth. That's how that's how you get it. Right. I did have a Joey from Friends moment right there thinking, looking up at myself and going one eighth. Really? <laughs> one eighth. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Two biggest upsets in the tournament. Those coaches are sitting here right now. I am uh, so happy for you guys, first of all, and, and for you and your staffs, your team. Um, and honored, honored to be on a podcast with uh, <laughs> two, the two superstars of, of the NCAA tournament. And as Darren uh, continues to, um, to say, the Rice Ole Miss semifinal is still in play. <laughs> it is still in play. Yeah, yeah. The pressure is Right on. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are in the yeah. same hotel, I hear. We are. We are indeed. We we are indeed. We are. Uh, we're, we're actually. If Brian kicks on the on his floor, I can hear him, Chris. Oh. So I, I woke up this morning at like three thirty because he was banging around up there. I think he was doing push-ups or something. But he's right above me in yeah. the hotel. Yeah, yeah, sure. Brian, is it? Uh, did you go jump in on that uh, exercise class that they have outside Matt's window? <laughs> oh no, no, no. we're in a different one. hotel, Chris. We're, we're in Raleigh. A different one. Yeah, that was in Wilmington. That was in All Wilmington. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I got a question for you guys. Um, as I look at this, 16 teams left. 10 of those teams uh, played in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. Do we think there was an advantage to those teams who played in the fall? I'll go first, Brian. Um, speaking specifically for Ole Miss, 100%. Uh, you know, we were able to play, obviously, this SEC schedule that was very difficult, um, as it always is. But, but to be able to figure out um, a lot about our team during that, during that time and then be able to have all that video during the break for us and my staff to really analyze and figure out what we needed to do and who was the players and all that kind of stuff. Then to jump into spring with, with really the same players, knowing where they could play and what they could do and come up with a system that fit that and then be able to play a spring season that was certainly much more like a, like a typical non-conference season for us. Um, playing that amount of games um, without question is, is, has helped us. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Now, it hasn't helped everybody, but it certainly helped us for sure. And I think the three teams that are playing in, from the SEC, Arkansas and A&M, I think all three of them would agree to that. All the other two, I should say. Yeah. Brian, what do you well, think? I think the, the biggest factor is – not necessarily playing in the fall or spring, but teams that were able to see a variety of types of opponents, um, you know, especially non-conference games, higher level teams, lower level teams, being able to choose some opponents rather than just get handed your uh, conference schedule. You know, obviously I think it hurt the big 10 to only play each other. And at times they're playing those indoor games in the bubble. And the Pac-12, majority of their non-conference schedule was against each other as well. So yeah. <clears throat> they, they didn't really have a gauge on what the other teams look like. And, you know, those are probably the two, I don't know if you want to call them disappointing conferences so far or underachieving. But I think those are the two conferences that would like to think they would normally do better I of hope, the power five. And I, and I totally agree with you guys. And I hope that there is some – 
um, some sense of compassion from athletic directors around the country for coaches that, you know, maybe struggled some, you know, in those environments, um, you know, playing conference only and then having to step into the NCAA tournament, um, I think has been very difficult for, for many teams. And I'd hate to see somebody, you know, somebody get fired in a year like this um, when it's just, it's just not normal. And, and there's, you know, so many things that went on. So I, I hope the athletic directors can see it as well. Absolutely. Um, I want to do, um, before we get moving on the games, just a quick shout out to uh, Shella Simon finished his career. They lost Grand Canyon men lost yesterday. 2-0 to Washington. That would be his final game um, as he's off into retirement. So good luck to him and college soccer will will definitely miss him. You know, I was thinking, Brian, you had, you had talked at one point about how we should have, a, um, you know, a, a committee that chooses the teams for the tournament made up of former coaches and kind of like they yep. do in football. I think he'd be he'd be perfect for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Chris. I hope he brings back his uh, his clinic. He did the clinic back in the day. Obviously, yeah. you know, he did the clinic back in the day. He involved yeah. it heavily in it. Yeah, I mean, that was so good for so many coaches, young, old, you know, pros, yeah. college guys, high school guys. I mean, the the you know, he is the one at the convention that is packed every single time he 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 puts on a you know either a, a, a course or a, a classroom session or on the field. It's packed. And yeah. he's just too good of a coach for all of us to not, you know, and he's so welcoming to everybody. I just, I hope he, I hope something like that continues because he's just, and he's so fun to listen to and, and so right. good. But anyway, yeah, no, congratulations to him for sure. For sure. Okay, Matt, we're ready to go through these games. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Let's start at the top. Um, again, we're going through the round two that have fin- finished and then we'll go back and circle back to, Look at the games, the the Sweet 16 games. So, excuse me, first game up, Florida State versus Milwaukee, 3-0 to Florida State. Yeah, just a kind of a stroll in the park for the Seminoles. You know, it's uh, um, no goals allowed, no corners allowed, no shots allowed. <laughs> so, Amen. you know, they were in control from the beginning and, you know, the beginning of their march to the championship. Absolutely. Anything, Brian? They they didn't need the warm up game. You know how we were debating if <laughs> yes. it helped out yes. the first game. Yeah, they, they were okay. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, next game down in their group: Penn State two, Vanderbilt zero. Yeah, two second half goals from uh, Penn State. Um, Vanderbilt had a like a late rush where, where they put a lot of pressure on and uh, but couldn't get a goal. Um, I think a deserved win for, for Penn State. What was, a, um, you know, an, an evenly matched game as far as the seeds. And, Matt, that was your pick, right, for an unseeded team, yeah. Penn State, to, to get to the Sweet 16. You went way, way out on a limb there. And, uh, I did. But Penn State, you know, deservedly on, on to the Sweet 16. And, and, and looking good. Penn State's playing well. Yeah, no, those three front, that three front's scary. For Penn State, I think there's some good athletes there. Sam Coffee's a handful. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was a good game though. I thought you know Vanderbilt showed really well and actually had a couple of good chances um, to to get one maybe even before Penn State scored. So uh, yeah, but no, I think uh, Penn State maybe has a little chip on the shoulder and, and and playing like it at this point. When I think Vanderbilt's an interesting story, you know, they they peaked at the end of the fall, and it's hard to come back after a fall like that and, and get the engines rolling again. And they never really got firing in the spring, you know? So if anything in that game, and that was a toss up at best, whichever team had the number in front of it, I mean, you know, Penn state might've actually been the favorite based on spring form. Sure. I, you know, Vanderbilt was an interesting season for me because um, really what they did was they put together a good week, you know, at the SEC tournament, because before the SEC tournament, they were okay. Right. And, and we all know they've got very good players, mm-hmm. but they put together a good week. And that, that week carried them, you know, into, into the tournament, obviously, and, you know, got them a, a lot of publicity and, a, and a, uh, seated and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think overall, maybe a little disappointing given the, um, the amount of, uh, of real talent that they have. 
when it really poured on with the Sarah Fuller stuff once she played football. Yeah. It, it yeah. You know, that that elevated that that SEC tournament championship and you know put the program on a different pedestal that was going to be hard to live up to in the spring. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Duke uh, to Arizona State in overtime. I think it was – it might even been double overtime, I think. Uh, but yeah. 2-1 double overtime for, for Duke. And, uh, you know, Arizona scored late to tie it, right? It looked like mm-hmm. Duke was, was in control. But Arizona State had, had some chances, and, and uh, they got the late one. Duke to overtime. And um, how about the, the quality of the two goals Duke scored? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Right? World class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. So a Duke, deser- you know, deservedly through, um, but but certainly Arizona State made it a game. Well, I, I would say, you know, obviously I've looked at those two goals very closely. Not only was the finish excellent. I mean, you could see so many players knocking those over, knocking them wide, not getting a good strike on them. But the service, the buildup to the service, the whole thing on those two goals were really good. And Arizona State – kind of just hung around, hung around, hung around, and got really kind of deflection, a funny goal. Um, but uh, but definitely Duke was in control the majority of the game. And and like you said, Chris agreed, deservedly win. It would have been a shame to go to penalties because they were they were better, in, better in, in regulation, or better in the game for sure. Well, good for Arizona State and good for the Pac-12. You know, of the borderline Pac-12 teams that got in, yeah. Colorado kind of left a – you know, a, a little bit of a black mark on it. And had Arizona State not been so competitive and showed so well against a legit top 10 team, there could have been a lot of questions about the back end teams getting in. But I, I thought Arizona State did themselves proud. Okay, let's keep moving. One of the gut-wrenching games of the of the second round, Ole Miss 2, Southern Cal 2. Ole Miss moves on and penalty kicks. So USC – I'm watching this game and USC is up two nil in the second half and nothing's happening. Like there's really not much happening in the game and, and USC almost looks, you know, complacent, you know, they, they, they're not really pushing to get another one and they're not really trying to kill it off either. They're just sort of going through the motions. And then comes the uh, Matt Mott brigade of, uh, you know, bombs into the penalty area and, uh, you know, Ole Miss comes back and, and, and gets to, to tie. And I will say this about, about your group, Matt, you have so many different ways to get the ball into the penalty area. It's really difficult on teams, right? I mean, you, you've got the long throw and the long throw, you know, anywhere on that half of, uh, of, uh, of the field is in the box. And then, you know, you've got Orcus who can, you know, put the ball into your penalty area almost from her own penalty area. And so the mm-hmm. ball is continually coming in the box. And we know that, you know, one of the, I think one of the big weaknesses of women's soccer player in general is heading the ball. And, you know, if the ball that you don't get ahead on that ball in the penalty area, it's bouncing around and, and anything can happen. And, and you guys jumped on it. You got some momentum for sure. And then, I mean, Orcus just, you know, how she, She's got to be an All-American. I mean, she's saving everything left and right. Penalties like crazy. She saved one in regulation and then three in, in the penalty. Yeah, one in, right? in overtime. Yeah, no, the in one overtime. on Mc, McKeon in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, where I thought that was it. And she makes this great save. And then, yeah, then three in, in the shootout. Yeah, and a great job, I think, by you guys containing, you know, those two those two front players that, you know, are, are, are outstanding. You know, but uh, it was really an interesting game for me. Yeah, I, I would just say that I'm not going to say a ton about it, but I would say, you know, we had, you know, our, our guys fought like crazy. On another day, they may score five. I mean, they, they had those kind of chances. But, again, you give you, you you have a great goalkeeper, you give yourself a chance. And, and again, I, I agree with you, Chris. We got two balls in the box, you know, one on the long throw that we, we kept alive and then one off of a corner. Um, just what you're saying, that's our recipe for sure. So um, I was certainly, certainly happy to move it on, but – I mean, actually, it's just playing out of her mind, which is pretty exciting. Fantastic. Sure. And and Southern Cal's players are oh, yeah. really good. I think yeah. the worst thing that could have happened to him, honestly, was score the second goal late there in the half. Right? They didn't have to push yeah. forward in the over in the in the second half. Like you said, they just kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, and we we hung around. So anyway, yeah. 
they, they were certainly comfortable and it never looked in doubt until you scored the goal to make it two one. And then you almost scored two right after before you scored the equalizer. Yeah. Yeah. You could have scored three in five minutes. They kind of hit panic stations because they were on such cruise control and then you get the goal and then everything changed, you know, from, from two nil, the score could have been five, five by the time the final whistle blew <laughs> from, from whatever that was, the 65th, 70th minute. It's yeah. really unbelievable. Yeah. Big saves, some bad misses by both teams. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, big saves. Yeah. And then obviously the penalty shootout was great. But a big upset. It's a, it's a big upset yeah. in the tournament for sure. No doubt. Well, from one big upset to another, West Virginia zero, Rice one. West Virginia the five seed and the little engine that could and the Rice Owls. Uh, no goals again, Chris. Um, yeah. no goals in the second half, but no goals at all. And uh, and Rice comes out on top one zero. Yeah, and and probably a bigger upset, right? The the biggest upset so mm-hmm. far in, in in the tournament based on based on the seeds anyway. And um, Rice. Outshot twenty to one, um, mm-hmm. but but they got the halftime, right? They got the halftime. They hadn't given up a goal, and and they don't give up goals in the second half, right? So you know you know that they have a chance. Um, they get a penalty late. Uh, I think West Virginia knocked one off the bar at, at some point there late. And uh, Brian, what a great win for you and your team and your program, and you guys held strong to the end. Um, and, uh, I was, uh, I was saying that you know, my whole family was sitting there watching, you know, the last 20 minutes cheering for rice and jumping up and down and, and all that kind of stuff. So you gave us some joy on the weekend for sure. <laughs> well, we, we, we appreciate that. We, we appreciate the support, but what, you know, little engine that could, um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I thought our girls fought really hard, stayed organized. The, the getting to halftime was a big deal. You know, with the no re-entry in the first half, we lost two starters in our first game against Furman. So we we're a little undermanned depth-wise. And we, the end of the first half, we had a kid who hadn't played in 15 games, give us some decent minutes, um, you know, against West yeah. Virginia, number five team in the country. We, we started a kid who had never started a game in college, a sophomore who walked on last spring. And, you know, she put in a nice 40-minute shift for the game. So, um you know, it's power of teamwork and that kind of stuff. And obviously you got to be fortunate in the, in that, in those situations. But um, I thought it was excellent because all, all the respect in the world for Nikki Izzo in West Virginia, what she's done there, West Virginia does not scream college soccer success, you know, based on just the, the type of school it is. We're a sport that's about high academic, um, you know, uh, academic state institutions as well do really well. And what Nikki's done at West Virginia is really unbelievable. Um, and those kids try hard and they're big and strong and fast. So obviously we felt great about it. It's a big day for rice. Yeah, really. Yeah. Good. I, uh, I would just say, um, you know, I was watching that game and Duke at the same time and screaming at my computer screen, um, um, screaming at my computer screen, uh, you know, for, for rice. And, and I believe Chris, I want this to go on record with about 10 minutes ago, I text Chris and said, West Virginia is not scoring. They can't figure out how to break this group down. Brian's team's defending like yeah. crazy. And just once again, I was right. Well, so, I will say Matt, since we're going to pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last week I picked both rice and Ole Miss. <laughs> you remember <laughs> <laughs> it, it, seemed, true. it seemed a little more tongue-in-cheek at the time <laughs> yes it did call yes, it what it you did. want call it what you want <laughs> all right let's keep moving um virginia two byu zero one of the marquee games of the second round for sure with two really good teams squaring off each other against i guess you would say virginia was another upset was one of the other upsets of a seeded team one of the byu's one of the seeded yeah. So Virginia two, BYU zero. Virginia's starting to play well. You know, Virginia's starting yeah. to look like uh, the team that we all thought they would. They're, you know, they're, uh, they're better players are coming into form. Um, and, and it showed in that game, you know. And, and, you know, BYU, for all their success, hasn't been a great tournament team over the years. You know, and, and uh, you know, 
they got up against the Virginia team that talk about playing with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, I, they look like a team right now that that has something to prove. And uh, Virginia deservedly won the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. BYU hadn't been shut out in 53 games. How about that? And and those aren't slouches. You know, WCC is a decent league, and then they'll go anywhere, play anybody, anytime, who will have them. 53 games. That's and, yeah. Yeah. you know. Amazing. Uh, yeah, no, I thought same thing, Chris. I thought Virginia's, you know, front guys look really good. You know, Ivory did make like six, well, no, 11 saves or something, some crazy amount 11. of saves, yeah, 11 saves, Ivory. Yeah, so, you know, I think we've all thought she's she's a good goalkeeper, and, and if she's in good form, then they got a chance to, to make some noise for sure. But I, I think they're up against it big time in the next game. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, Georgetown won. South Carolina zero, really an interesting, interesting game in this one for sure. Yeah, I mean Georgetown did did to South Carolina what South Carolina does to everybody else. But there was a late goal by Jenna Mento. You know, she probably ran sixty or seventy yards with the ball, beat two or three defenders, and 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 scored. And and she's really come on here lately. And they need that. They need a goal scorer because they don't really have that. It looks to me like Georgetown is a good team you know, without a lot of real weapons, you know, going forward. But, but Memphis given that the, the last couple of games and, um, you know, they got it late and, and South Carolina, you know, didn't really have a lot going forward for me. And, and I think that's been an issue for them all year. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, go ahead. Our goal of the tournament in the 90th minute. Oh, for sure. Second round game, 80 yards. I don't know, six, seven players. She went past. You know, for me so far, Orcus has had the defensive display of the tournament, but that goal in the singular moment, that's the biggest, uh, you know, if it was basketball, we'd, well, let's call it May Madness now. Biggest May Madness moment oh, nice. of the tournament so far. Yeah, you know, South Carolina missed a penalty, um, which would have put them up 1-0, and then we know what that typically looks like, so... Uh, but credit to Georgetown. I thought they did a good job in the game, and and um, and they're moving on. Okay, uh, real interesting. I didn't see any of this. I think they were playing at the same time we were, um, so I've just read on it, but I haven't seen any of it. TCU six, New Mexico two, six or seven. Interesting. Six, six. It was a lot. Yeah, six. Okay, six. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they we'll were get down to seven in a little bit. That was Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. And then yeah. TCU was down one nil at halftime. Wow. Um, and and just exploded in the second half. And, I, and really what I what I think two things happened. One, TCU came out um, really fired up to start the beginning of the half and, and scored like three in the first 10 minutes. And and New Mexico just died. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I just think physically, you know, they had, they had gone overtime in, in, in the round before and they had no legs left and they had a great season. But TCU in the end just had way too much for them. Like to be a fly on the wall of that halftime speech. I'm guessing it was a Matt Mott special. Maybe yeah. milk the cat. Yeah. Brought something out of the bag. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It worked. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Denver uh, zero, North Carolina two. Again, another game I didn't see. Chris. Yeah. Denver sat deep. Uh, they, they sat really deep, and you know they they went with the formula of of let's sit deep and and hope we can get you know late in the game and maybe try to get one late and. Uh, if I, if I remember right, it was zero, zero at halftime, but, but Carolina got two. And the interesting thing for me in that game was, um, Pinto scored and then they moved her back into, into the six role. Um, mm. and I'm not sure if they've done that before. I haven't seen that. They, maybe they have, but I haven't seen it and I, I've not seen every one of their games, but you know, when she plays up front, she's really dangerous and, you know, the best player on the field. And when she plays back as a holding midfielder, she's really dangerous and the best player on the field too. <laughs> you know, I was watching her play there. She's yeah. really good. She's really good in that spot as well. So uh, that was yeah. an interesting because, because, you know, Anson's teams, they don't defend leads. You know, they, they mm. try to score more. That That's their way of, of defending, but they did take that. Um, I think uh, to be a little bit more defensive by moving our back. Any thoughts, Brian? No, nah, not much. I mean, in the end, 
Anson's always been willing to tweak and willing to tweak right through, you know, a final of a tournament. And he, you know, for all his accolades and all his championships and all those kind of things, really in the end, every team's a new team and he's willing to, uh, to make it work with the kids he's got. And they lost a lot of kids from the fall. So it wouldn't surprise me if Pinto plays a little Where's Waldo game to game uh, to help him advance. Let's keep it real. He's, he may be trying things out, too, against opponents getting ready for a lot later in the tournament. No doubt about it. Okay, let's keep on moving. Uh, another good game. Um, St. Louis 0, Washington 0. Chris picked this one where they went out on a limb in the uh, 15 seed to get knocked, knocked off by back 12 penalties. Penalties. Zero, 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 Washington moves on in penalties. Again, I didn't see penalties, this one. Penalties, yeah. And, and, you know, the big moment is the goalkeeper from Washington. I believe it's Olivia Sakini. Um, she saves a penalty and then steps up to take the fifth penalty and scores to win it. Um, so kind of a dream scenario for, for a goalkeeper. Um Although I think Brian's goalkeeper probably would be on his his list of of taking penalties, <laughs> I would think. I would bet. I would bet. But yeah, we're really interesting that you know that that the goalkeeper comes out of the goal to take the fifth penalty and, and wins the game for him. Brian, go ahead. I I didn't see the game, but it's a, I saw the highlights and a, a, obviously a cool story. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll keep moving. Oklahoma State seven, South Alabama zero. Yeah, not, not much to talk about there. I think, you know, South Alabama just had nothing left. I mean, they had nothing left. They couldn't run anymore. They couldn't move anymore. And, and Oklahoma State bulldozed them. And that's not Oklahoma State style. You know, you don't typically yeah. see them do that. They're usually more defensive than anything, but they obviously just mauled uh, South Alabama. Gotcha. All right, A&M 2, South Florida 0. Yeah, South Florida had the ball a lot. You know, and, and mm-hmm. South Florida, we talked about them being more patient and, and be able to possess the ball and that kind of thing. But um, A&M won the two penalty areas. You know, A&M didn't give anything up, and, and they were better in the in the attacking penalty area. Um, so it made for kind of an interesting game. Yeah. Turnover, right, to the first penalty? Was it turnover? Yeah. Pass in the back? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything, Brian? Uh, you know, I thought I the... – if it was a game of possession, South Florida would have won. But there's goals on the end, and A&M knew where they each were and did a uh, really nice job of protecting one and putting the ball in the back of the net of the other. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, up top, Arkansas 3, Utah Valley 1. Yeah, and like we said, I mean, you know, Utah Valley just there's never – I'm sure they haven't seen anything like the the chaos that – Arkansas presents, you know, where everything goes forward and, you know, they run through you, they run over you and they keep running and running and running. And, you know, I think that was, um, it was pretty easy for Arkansas. Yeah. Um, anything to add with that? I completely agree with that, Chris. I thought it was a, a pretty nice draw for Arkansas and, and kind of handled it without much problem. Yeah. Not a good draw for Utah Valley. You don't want to see yeah. that playing. Style. <laughs> All right. Santa Clara for Ohio state one. Well, Santa Clara looked good, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Santa Clara looked good, and you know they took the two-nil lead, and then then the red card on on Oklahoma State. Real, I'm sorry, Ohio State really ends the game. You know, at that point, you're yeah. down two, and and down a man, you're not coming back. But but I thought I thought um, Santa Clara looked good. They moved the ball real well. They've got some weapons up front uh, for sure, and and they looked control and in control and confident. You say some weapons. They may have the best forward left in the tournament. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and terrible. I mean, holy cow. She's, yeah, she's she good. awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, Brian. No, I got nothing. Looking yeah, for the okay. next game in that bracket. Yeah. Yeah. Clemson, Clemson Rutgers, 1 1 overtime penalties for Clemson. Yeah. We said it would be a defensive struggle when it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting. You know, Clemson went ahead. Um, and I think maybe shut it down too early. You know, there were 30 minutes left in the game and they're, you know, wasting time and sitting deep and, and really not thinking about attacking and, and Rutgers, you know, they're always a, a team that, that scores late and, and they, you know, they did it again, you know, and, and scored, made it one, one. And then Clemson ends up, ends up winning on penalties. But yeah, I just wonder if, if maybe Clemson shut it down a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, again, I didn't see it 
Uh, but that sounds about, about right. I'd agree, Chris. <laughs> um, all right. The game of the day, probably, right? The most exciting game of the entire day, or certainly one of them, was UCLA 2, Iowa 1 in regulation. Tell the listeners what happened, Chris. Well, Iowa scores early, you know, I don't know, maybe five minutes in or something like that. And and uh, and, and for the next 80 minutes, um, you know, they keep UCLA off the board and, and actually had another chance or two. And, and you're looking at it going, here we go, Iowa 1-0 again, right? Which, you know, they've, they've continued to do. And um, with five minutes left, Raylan Turner gets the ball at the top of the box and shoots kind of a, a little more than a dribbler, but it isn't hit with a ton of pace and pulls right through the keeper's hands and through the keeper's legs, and it's 1-1. And uh, then, obviously, the momentum is all with UCLA, and, and Turner gets another one you know, just a couple of minutes later. And it's, it's heartbreaking for, for Iowa to, to really, you know, come this far and get to that point. Um, but we've all said that, you know, if you're going to win in this tournament, your goalkeeper's got to play well, you know, and, and mm-hmm. unfortunately that, that was a mistake there that, that really cost them. Yeah. But she'd had a really good game. It was a shame and completely unexpected. I yeah. thought, you know, it, it really came out of nowhere. I obviously it was a, a massive error, but she, she had been fantastic. And you mentioned it not five minutes earlier. I almost had the clincher. It, you know, it, it, that was the more shocking part of it. UCLA was getting chances, getting chances. You kept thinking they're going to get the equalizer. And all of a sudden it could have, should have been two nil. And, and then we'd have really had something because that, that probably would have ended it, but great run by Iowa late season. Great run. That's fantastic. You know, Raylan Turner, she may be the best freshman in the country. I mean, she has had a good year. She has scored a number of goals and she's an absolute handful. And, um, I'm, you know, been impressed with her since I saw her as a youth player and she's really turned into a nice player. All right. We're going to stay and here. Still, and we're going to go back. We're back. Oh. What did we get? going to go to UCLA Clemson next I can say the same thing yeah sorry yes yeah yeah I'm gonna go yeah I'm gonna go UCLA Clemson uh so let's go with that one so the first one of the first sweet 16 games this is on six o'clock all all of these games are on Wednesday um starting at noon and they go all the way through 9 p.m again Chris I don't know how our boy Brian's gonna stay up for his nine o'clock game he's gotta start training to stay awake uh, it's going to be uh, – and Tony Megan's going to have to be poking him to keep him awake. But anyway, Those, uh, 6 o'clock uh, Eastern. Lemon pants have, you know, a little uh, buzzer in them to keep you awake. Or yeah, something. exactly, exactly. We haven't talked about the Lululemon pants, Brian. We, Chris and I there thought you were wearing jeans early on uh, in the season, and we were a little disgusted. And now that's Lululemon, I don't know if I feel much better, honestly. But, um, you know, they look nice. But this, this little interlude, I'm going to say – my uh, Lululemon lucky pants or whatever you want to call them that I've been wearing. They uh, I'd say the compliment to uh, negative uh, reactions is something like 99 to two. You want to know where the two are located (laughs) on this podcast? (laughs) Let, Let me say this, you know, they look nice. So I went on Lululemon. They don't have a big and tall section. So I got no time for them. I got no time for them. They want, you know, they're discriminating against the bigger fellas. It's a bunch of crap. Anyway, okay, let's go. Uh, UCLA Clemson. It's a, a seed that holds three UCLA three Clemson fourteen six o'clock uh, Wednesday night. Thoughts on that game? This is the round of sixteen now. Round right? of sixteen. Yeah. Uh, round of sixteen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Clemson can. Clemson will make it tough, and Clemson will will make it close. Um, but again. Uh, you know the 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 tools up front, uh, the weapons up front for for uh, UCLA are pretty special, you know, um, and and there are a number of them, right? Sheehan and Fontes and and Turner, uh, there are a number of guys up there that that can score. I, I just think I know UCLA is is skating by here a little bit, but I still just think they have too much. Well, I would just yeah, say UC- real quick, I'm just going to say this real quick. We're knowing that UCLA is pretty banged up, um, you know, that's going to make it hard. And I think we all know Eddie, he'll have a trick or two up his sleeve to try and, and pull out the big upset. But certainly you would lean towards UCLA, I think, in this one, just based on the quality of players. UCLA has been wobbling. 
and Eddie certainly is a good enough coach to to spring the upset in that game. But does Clemson have enough talent? You know, to is the talent close enough in that matchup? I don't know because I came in the tournament with a clear Florida State, UNC one two, and UCLA kind of alone right behind them. But late season and in that game against Iowa, there's some flags going up. So yeah. we'll see if they can write themselves against Clemson. Okay, another area where the bracket holds another a 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Santa Clara, number 11 seed versus Arkansas, six seed. Really, really intriguing game here. Um, yeah, and, and I think obviously a clash of styles here, right? And and you know it's going to be how does how does Santa Clara deal with all the pressure? Um, you know, are they able to keep the ball? Uh, do they panic? And and then can they deal with all the balls in the box and things like that? Um, I'm going to take Santa Clara in this one. I, I just really like the way they play. And I, uh, I think certainly they do have enough. And, and again, I, Arkansas is not the same team right now that they were in, in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think Santa Clara for me. I just, my question to you is this, Chris, will Jerry change his tactics after um, scouting Arkansas, are we? He say we're good enough at passing the ball. We're going to continue to 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 keep possession and pass the ball. That's how I lean. I think I think Jerry does stay with it, uh, which makes to me a fascinating, very even game. And uh, and I think first the first goal scored is going to be very important. I agree with all of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the game to watch for the neutrals. Such a clash in styles. You got old school Santa Clara. You know, traditional power at, at, at a, you know, non-power five school. And, you know, you'd call Arkansas kind of the new breed. They put themselves on the national scene the last three, four years. Colby's done a great job of building up that program. And then, you know, such polarizingly different playing styles to really get to the same point. You know, in the in the national standings right now, they're pretty close to each other level wise. So, what a great game for neutrals to watch and just see how it plays out. Okay, uh, noon Eastern on the the Wednesday, uh, you've got Texas A and M number seven seed against Oklahoma State again. Another area where the seats have held. So the seven A and M against the ten Oklahoma State. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, old rivals from from the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, when AM was in the Big 12, and, and they always had, you know, spirited games uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think this will be another one. This will be a, you know, high intensity. Um, you know, the stakes are the stakes are big. Um, I'm going to go with AM in this one. Um, I think they, you know, Oliveri uh, up front is, is, is quite a good player. And, you know, Laney Carroll, I mean, they, they, they've got some players that, you know, can cause some problems, as does Oklahoma State. Um, but I, I see A&M over this one, and, and this will be a close one. Right? You know, I think Oklahoma State really thrives as uh, it, the, when they're disrespected, when a team scouts them and doesn't really understand how they're trying to play and what they're trying to do and how well they're coached and how good they are at it. Because you can be fooled watching Oklahoma State, but A&M won't be fooled. You know, it's not a great draw for Oklahoma State to get someone so familiar with them who respects them so highly as well, you know. Um, so they, they won't catch A&M giving them anything other than full attention. So I think in a really good game, close game, A&M goes through. Good. I, I completely agree with both of you. Okay, let's keep moving down at the bottom bracket. Um, number two seed, North Carolina versus Washington Huskies. Yeah, I, th- I think that's North Carolina. I just, you know, just too much. And Washington's had a good season and, and that kind of thing. And, and Washington will, will make it hard on them. Um, but, but Carolina, you know, overwhelms, overwhelms them. Yeah, I mean, first year you know, for the, I think for when, the new co- – oh, oh, go ahead, Brian. No, go ahead, Brian. I keep talking before you, Matt. Sorry, buddy. The, uh, you know, I don't think we've seen anything so far in the tournament other than UCLA wobbling a little, which makes it more clear. Anybody in Carolina and FSUs, we are steamrolling toward a Carolina FSU final. Looks that it way. screams it. I mean, and I hopefully I'm hopeful for it in the end, probably. And uh, 
they look a cut above everybody else, those two. So Washington's had a great season, just unlucky to draw them because, you know, I think across the board, if you're not playing one of those two teams, these teams are all pretty even. Yeah, I would just say, and again, uh, you know, I, I do have my picture on the, the front cover of this uh, this podcast, so I do think I should go after Chris, but Brian keeps it up to me. <laughs> um, his picture's not on there. Uh, but anyway, um, I do like, uh, obviously, like Carolina, and the Washington has done a great job in the first year as a coach and and had them rolling. And um, and they're staying here at our hotel, Chris, Chris and they're very lovely kids. Oh, uh, nice. They've been very, nothing but polite and, and friendly. So yeah. although they wear, they do wear their masks in the weight room and Biebs was complaining about that this morning that he came in the weight room. They came in the weight room wearing their masks. So he felt like he had to put his mask on. And so that was an issue. But other than that, they've been, he just should have left the weight room and let the damn kids work out. Them working out is more important than him. Yeah. Why is he using their stuff? Why is he using the stuff? Yeah. I agree with that. Anyway. Okay. Let's keep moving. Um, number four, Georgetown, number 13, I'm sorry, number four, TCU, number 13, Georgetown, six o'clock on Wednesday. Um, another area where the seeds have held. Yeah, I, I think the TCU is, is uh, you know, they had their scare and um, I just think they're better. I just think they have too much and mm-hmm. and then they're just better than, than, than Georgetown. Right. Go ahead. Don't you want to go next, Matt? you seem you have a caricature on the front of the podcast apparently you're quite smitten with it people should check it out (laughs) uh i think this i think uh dave nolan's a really good coach so it's going to be a tight game i think tcu is very motivated um and uh, a lot of talented kids so again it's too close to call uh, for me, you know, given those factors and uh, it, another great one to watch for neutrals. Such an interesting game. Absolutely. Really is. Really is. I think there's been such question about both teams, right? Is Georgetown as good as they look? Is TCU as good as they look? Well, we're going to find out, right? We're going to find out. Yeah. Okay. Moving up to the only game, Chris, of the, uh, of the, of the third round with two unseeded teams. So two upsets in the Rice Owls versus the Virginia Commodores? Well, Brian, I'm going to have to take Virginia in this one. <laughs> oh, you, you love Virginia. You don't want to tongue-in-cheek it again this week? He, he, I know it was tongue-in-cheek last week. <laughs> I, am, uh, I just feel like Virginia is starting to roll and really in form. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I think Virginia, for me at this point, you talk about, you know, one, two, three. I, I might put Virginia third at this point. I, I might put them in that spot. So uh, I'm going to go with Virginia in this one. Um, I think, again, Ryan, get to halftime. Just get to halftime without giving up a goal and you got a chance. Keys <laughs> <laughs> to victory. Uh, I'm going to go, Brian. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go, Brian. I'm going to go because, again, I'm on the podcast. I'm going to bring on Rice. Seeing the way they they act, I've watched them all year long. I I've been a little more down on Virginia than Chris. Uh, I think yeah, sure Virginia's playing well, but you can't underestimate the power of Coach Lee and his his crew, the little engine that could. So, give me Rice <laughs> in the big upset heading into the Elite Eight. I, they, the only thing I'm going to say is I've seen them on video. They look pretty good. <laughs> 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 been a lot of them. You know. But we'll see. Okay. You know, it's 90 minutes and it's 11 v 11. That's and then right. we see what happens. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Up we go. Um, number nine, Duke versus the Ole Miss Rebels. 12, oh, sorry. Brian's game, if you guys didn't catch my joke earlier, is at 9 o'clock Eastern time on uh on on wednesday it is two hours past brian's typical bedtime so we are that could be the deciding <laughs> factor actually that could be what pushes him over brian falls asleep during the game yeah almost oh. <laughs> right, almost so again with i talked about the quality of the goals that duke scored um and you know they, they've got good players all over the field for sure and uh they'll they'll be able to keep the ball um, and they'll be able to move the ball. I don't think that they have a great goal scorer on their team. Um, and it's going to play right into the hands 
of the fighting Matt Mots as they, you know, turn the ball over and the ball gets banged into the box um, and thrown into the box. And honestly, I, I, I see Ole Miss winning this game. Another tongue-in-cheek, Brian. Another tongue-in-cheek You look shocked. You look shocked. I, I, I think Ole Miss wins this game. <laughs> I am. Well, I'll go, Brian. I think it's going to be – I hope it's a great game. I, I, you know, I love Robbie Church. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, has been for a long time. His team's uber-talented. Um, there's great players everywhere. It's a monumental task for us. But what I'm looking forward to, right, we're on house money, right? Anything we do at this point is a huge plus. He's the seeded team. Um, we're going to go out and, and, and play as hard as we can, as hard as we played all spring, and give ourselves a, the best chance we can. I just like the subplot. Robbie is the mayor of Soccerville. Yes. Is he not? Everybody <laughs> yes. loves Robbie. He is, Robbie's absolutely. like a politician around, greatest guy in the world. And, yeah. you know, at some point, Robbie's got to retire, and his heir apparent is probably the lovable Matt Mott. <laughs> it probably is. You know, it probably everybody's is. favorite Papa Bear. So it's a little like father, son, almost like the caricature that's on the front of the podcast. It's <laughs> 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 going that's back more like. That. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know that that's that's my little subplot. At the game. Yes, Darren, go I, ahead. I'd like to weigh in just briefly here that the curse of college soccer nation may come through on this game because uh, Kanani was on the podcast, lost to Ole Miss. Uh, Nikki was on the podcast, lost to Rice. Now Robbie oh. was on the podcast, wasn't he? Yeah, so, I like the way you think, Darren. I like the way you <laughs> think. I don't know if that's gonna <laughs> so throw that in there. Hey, and then, and then, if Ole Miss wins, Florida State coach has been on the podcast too. So hey, who knows? <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, all I know is let's get Swanson on. Swanson on tonight, Chris. So I'm gonna get Swanson. He's in the hotel too. We need him on quick. <laughs> well, here's here's my concern. Here's my concern. Since I picked Ole Miss to win, um, knowing Matt, so that I'm wrong, he'll lose the game on purpose. <laughs> Just you know, so I'm wrong on this thing. <laughs> There, there is, a, there's a line, Chris. There, there's a line at some point, uh, and I, that I will. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I promise you. You have my word. You did set him up so he can't lose. He will be a little bit happy if uh, you're wrong. <laughs> I promise you, I won't. I promise you, I won't. All right, and last game, last game. Um, uh, Florida State, the number one seed over Penn State, unseated. The other, other. Group that you know the seventeen really number seventeen. Give yeah, so you know the obviously a little more challenging here for for Florida State. Um, and and I'm not I'm not I don't know that any of us really know Penn State yet because they you know again only playing the the conference games and you know not I don't know that the league was great so I don't know that they've been challenged certainly haven't been challenged like this right so mm-hmm. I think Florida State wins. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's five nil or something like that, but but uh, I think Florida State wins the game for sure. You kind of see that as a two zero Florida State. Yeah. You know, takes a couple punches but handles it, scores a couple good goals. Because I will say this: in the Penn State, Vanderbilt had created enough good chances to score. Yeah. Um, and and I think that Penn State is is can do that, can give up some chances, and I think. Uh, Florida State will be very clinical, will be very organized, and, and probably find a goal in each half or something like that and cruise on to another 2 nothing win. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, Penn State, it's it a t- super tough draw for them. You, you can have a chip on your shoulder. You can have a talented team. Um, if they were anywhere else in this bracket, one or all of us might be picking them to make a, you know, a Cinderella run to the Final Four even, something like that. Sure. But – not against Florida State. That that's the it's a game Florida State's probably itching to get at. That that was barely a warm up against Milwaukee. They'll come out flying. They'll be excited to play a a, a big name, high level college team, and I think that all spells trouble for Penn State. Absolutely. Okay, Chris. Anything else? No, that's that's it. We'll. Uh... We'll reconvene for the next show on, we said, May 11th. I believe that's a yeah. Tuesday. Is that a Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday, May 11th. That's a Tuesday. 
and we'll uh, at yeah. that point we'll talk about the games that you know that we've just discussed and 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 uh, and move on to at that point we'll be going to the final four. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. At that point, they'll be in the final four will be intact. So we'll we'll discuss the the sweet sixteen games, lead eight games, and preview the final four. All right. Great. All right. So Matt, that before on the we night go, of the yeah. Before we go, let's give a shout out to Top This Catering, who you're now using or we're using. If anyone's oh, listening, who team yes. is still in the tournament, how good is this guy? And <laughs> and the food. Well, it's unbelievable. Well, I think this is the interesting. This is the interesting thing, Chris. You've eaten meals with Brian and I, yes. many many times, right? Probably hundreds of times. Brian has. We salmon. do not have the same taste in food. Yeah, <laughs> we do not have the same taste in food. Brian's not had a French fry in twenty five years. I yeah. had one today. Yeah. Like you know, you name it, it's different, right? You look at us, it's different. We're Mutt and Jeff. This guy's food is unbelievable. And, and Brian kept saying, and I'm like, yeah, 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 Brian, sure, great. I'm sure it's got you know, edamame or whatever. Right. But it's been unbelievable. This guy's fantastic. Um, And yeah. So anybody that's in town, um, certainly, certainly, certainly um, look him up. He's great. And been doing all these teams without a problem. It's really impressive. So, um, okay. Anything else, Chris? Yes. Good luck to you guys. Um, I'll be, uh, well, I'll have, how's that go? Toes in the sand, something some kind of country song about uh, I'll be on a beach in Mexico. So uh, I hope it goes well for you guys. Yeah, you will. <laughs> but good luck to you. <laughs> well, you have your iPad on. Well, you have your iPad on. Well, Brian, you'll be mine. You're going to have to be in the, you know, my, we're at noon. Brian's at nine. So will you be, yeah, I'll be on be, West coast uh, time. So it'll be doable, but ooh, I don't think I'll have my iPad out on the beach. No, I, I won't. I will not. A lot of people do that. Chris, a lot of people do that. It's not a big deal. You yeah, know, I know. People but, are gonna aren't gonna say something for you if, if you have your iPad. Well, they they won't have to you know, say anything because I'm not gonna have my iPad. Chris, Mexico loves soccer. They do. They do. Like, my wife people not, come up to you when you see that you're watching. Like me, my <laughs> wife would not like me watching soccer while I'm supposed to be on vacation with her. Okay. <laughs> She's not gonna care. She's not gonna care. Anyway, all right. Let's move it on. Um again, thanks, Darren, for producing DJM Productions. Uh, been another good show. We appreciate you. Anybody that listens, give us five stars, download us, have a listen. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the 11th with an update. Hopefully the, uh, hopefully the Rice Ole Miss um, semifinal match is still in play. We'll, we'll find out then. Um, everybody have a great night. Thanks for listening. College soccer is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.